0: right all right day 130 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is Keith and remember this is a podcast we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see God not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right so we've been in uh, the book of Proverbs now remember what Proverbs is trying to do right it's trying to invite and give the reader um, this invitation on how to live the wise life and this wise life is undergirded by the fear of the Lord right the the cornerstone of all wisdom is fearing the Lord seeing the world through the lens of an awe and reverence a respect and a worship of the God of the universe knowing your place in his story in his place in your story right like it is undergirded by that and this wisdom comes with reward reward right it's it's rewarding uh to have this wisdom it comes with this blessed fulfilled and happy life it is going with the grain of the universe as god created it so we're in proverbs 13 and remember after chapter 9 the proverbs are more random right it is an anthology of wise short pithy saying so verse 12 of chapter 13 one of my favorite hope delayed makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a trait of life. And you just see this idea in this psalm that sadness often comes when we have a deep and strong expectation for something, and then our experience doesn't match up with the expectation, right? That's what the psalm is essentially saying. Or when we have a longing for something good, and our longings seem to be left behind by life, right? Hope delay makes the heart. Sick, But the second line helps us see the flip side that desire fulfilled is a tree of life, right? So much we could say here, but I think as much as the Proverbs talk about unhealthy schemes, desires and cravings, there's an aspect to our humanity right before God that we can and should have good desires, right? Like you think about the garden and how they uh, Adam and Eve turned to the wrong tree and plunged the world into sin. But I think the Bible wants to let us know that all of our deepest Desires can be met by God himself, right? The deepest inclinations we have as human beings can be met by God and in ways he has ordained, right? And so we act foolishly. We don't act wisely when we believe we have to somehow go outside of his will to have our deepest needs and desires met. Drop down to verse 20. The one who walks with the wise will become wise wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. This is one uh, that I cling to tightly and uh, one of my favorite uh, Proverbs, because one of the things I think we don't talk about enough, uh, especially in the Christian faith in general, is friendship, right? And how vital that is to our humanity and our flourishing. And the Proverbs are trying to say that you are a wise person If you are seeking to befriend wise people, right? You are a wise person if you're seeking to befriend wise people. And it's been said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. That I found to be true, right? Wise friendship, man, sharpens you and enlivens you in ways that are often imperceptible to you, right? Like in the moment, you don't realize it in a moment, but nonetheless, profoundly deep uh, as Um, you live, right? You see the effects of that as you continue to live. And so um, wise people befriend wise people. The one who walks with the wise will become wise. Chapter 14, the heart knows its own bitterness and no outsider shares in its joy. So remember, I wanna say this, that um, a lot of the Proverbs are different, right? So like some of them are saying things you should actually do. And then some of them are telling you the way in which the world works, right? And so 1410 is one of those. And there's, um, I don't know if I said this before, there's an emotional intelligence piece that comes with wisdom. Now that term is more modern than it is ancient, but that's the concept that a lot of these Psalms, I mean, a lot of these proverbs, excuse me, are getting at, right? So the Proverbs, um, this proverb specifically is essentially saying is that sometimes we'll never fully know the depth of pain that has pierced another's heart, right? And on the flip side, there's a there's an aspect of where, you know, God can give us a joy in this life that we'll never be able to fully explain. And I think it's uh, one of the one of the things I think this this uh, proverb is getting at is the uh, mysterious nature of the human heart. Right. And um, Blaise Pascal, who is um, a philosopher, an ancient philosopher, said that um, the heart has its reasons, which reason knows not of. Right. The heart has its reasons, which reason knows not of. And again, it's just getting at this enigmatic, uh, mysterious nature of the human heart. And I think when we deal with people who are suffering, um, that is one of the things we have to keep. In mind, The Psalms or the, the Proverbs, excuse me, want to make us emotionally intelligent in how people work, not just how the world works. Even in laughter, verse 13, even in laughter, a heart may be sad and joy may end in grief. Now, this proverb kind of adds on to what I was just saying, um, that we can't presume just because there is smiling on the face that there isn't sadness in the heart, right? I think of this meme. There's this meme, there's this picture where a dude is like crying, but he is like, uh, um, has like this smiling mask on that he has over his face, right? As tears sneak down on the opposite side of the mask, you have to probably see it to what I'm talking about. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but I think the the idea here is that like, um, you know, we are very spiritual. People and sometimes what is really going on with someone is something that mere optics, the naked eye, will never give you insight into, right? So, like all of these things that (laughs) so much, you know, um, psychology and, you know, kind of the psychotherapy discipline have come to bring to bear in this age, and we've learned so much about trauma and all these things. Like, I think the Bible is just so far ahead of that stuff, right? Like, the Bible always beats us to the punch and just soaking in these uh, ancient. Uh, uh, wisdom sayings um, that is that is in god's word will help us again understand how to deal with other people in suffering and even understanding our own selves in the midst of suffering a patient person shows great understanding verse 29 but a quick temperate one promotes foolishness one of my favorite quotes gregory the great says this and it 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 accords with the psalm he says that patience is the guardian of all virtues right patience is is the guardian of all virtues in other words everything else we aspire to have in this life takes patience itself in gaining right and what he says here this patient person shows great understanding this is one who is literally it says in the original language slow to anger right so what's remarkable about this verse is that proverbs talks about anger a ton right we've seen it over and over and over if you've been following along in the reading and how destructive anger can be to oneself how it can make you impulsive how it can drive you to do things that you probably never thought you would and ultimately regret it right this phrase a patient person shows great understanding a slow to anger person shows great understanding this phrase is used ironically um throughout the old testament and it is mostly used with god right it is used with god and that is so comforting to my soul and when we exude patience with folks hear this especially folks that irritate us and get under our skin and bother us and inconvenience us we are imitating the god of the universe a slow to anger person shows great understanding but a quick temper one promotes foolishness the proverbs um moving down to uh, chapter 15 the proverbs have said a ton about wealth up until this point um which keeps us from what I call the poverty gospel. Right? People think that it's more godly to actually be poor. The Bible actually doesn't teach that. But an also also an equal and opposite error is the prosperity gospel, which many of us are more familiar with. And um, I think the, the Bible, the Proverbs, critique that here. It says uh, 15, 16. It says, "Better a little with fear of the Lord than great treasure with turmoil." And then 17, "Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened ox." With hatred the proverbs are notorious for these better than sayings that you will see all throughout the book and they build the case oftentimes for the finer things of life that from the outside looking in may not seem like it right so in verse 16 in other words he's going to say man it's better to have a little wealth and a grand fear of the lord right a good relationship with god than it is to have a ton of bread right a ton of money with no relationship with god right and i think um, I don't think it's uh, coincidental that so many celebrities and people who uh, have gained have gained mass wealth, right, talk about this experiential fulfillment that they lack and the type of emptiness they can feel even when their bank accounts are full, right, or they seem they, to have um, ascended to the top of the world. I think about Tom Brady, who one year after winning the Super Bowl, they asked him, uh, "How does he feel? What's next? Uh, what's going on?" And he said, "There's literally something still." missing and i think that's the the plight right of uh one who doesn't who has everything but the fear of the lord verse 17 verse 17 uh i think it um Better a meal right of vegetables, whether it's love, than a fat and ox with with hatred. It gets at this this contrast as well. So a fat and ox was a luxury meal in the ancient world, right? Vegetables was the everyday food. It was it was, it was basic meal. It was hamburger helper. It was TV dinner. It was it was uh, all those sorts of things. No shade to anybody, but the fat and ox, right? This was the lobster. This was the filet mignon. This was the roof crisp. This was the Capital Grill. The poor Calvin's. The Optimist. If you live in Atlanta, right? That kind of stuff. And what he is saying here is just. Man, it would be miserable, right, to have all the things you could want, right, materialistically and not have something as simple and as common as love, right? Food, he says in verse 17, won't taste as good if folks in your crib are mean mugging over the dinner table, right? Better a meal with vegetables where there is love than a fat ox with hatred. Chapter 16, I'm going to read a few Psalms. They kind of all go together. Um, Verse two, all a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. First, the Lord has prepared everything for his his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Verse nine, a person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. I cluster um, all of these together because they're all undergirded by this concept of the fear of the Lord. Right. The Lord. And each one mentions the divine name Yahweh. Right. The lord um in verse two one of the things you'll see in verse two is um wisdom teaches that motives are unseen by man and yet utterly important to god right people are really really good at doing the right things for the wrong reasons right and we tend to um have these deep motives in our heart and we tend to rationalize our behavior but god discerns both right motives um are seen by the lord like and so i think uh, a good like kind of practical application a really godly thing to do would be to confess unpure motives before god and before others that's a really godly it takes a really godly person to do that and a wise one as well because impure motives are unobvious sins verse three um basically you know commit your activities to the lord and your plans will be established a very common psalm. Uh, I love what Derek Kittner says, an Old Testament uh, scholar. He says um, "Um, our very activities and plans will be no less our own for being his. I love that. Verse four wisdom. Verse four is just saying wisdom comes from knowing that God is sovereign. Right. So as we look out into the world, we remember that things may look like a plot twist right but we know the ending the goal that god is bending the universe toward his glory in christ the lord has prepared everything for his purpose even the wicked for the day of disaster verse nine um last one a person's heart plans his way but the lord determines his steps plan all you want right but just remember as you walk the path of life god is in control of the gps right fearing the lord in this case means that you willingly and gladly accept this why because a wise person hear this a wise person knows that the one he lives for is the wisest person in the universe let's pray father we ask that you would give us this wisdom god i pray that we wouldn't see wisdom as just things we should do but um, ways um, that we ought to view the world, ways we ought to view ourselves, and ways we ought to ultimately uh, view you. Give us this type of wisdom. Give us these lenses right now, today. So Jesus' name we pray.